Hello and welcome to the True Will LAM podcast. Unfortunately, I had to lock Eric out of this recording, so it'll just be me uh, talking about John Dowd, MVP Baseball's greatest player. <laughs> you be quiet. Okay. Take. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pay you less, all right? Uh-huh. So we're, this episode is obviously all about Chris Taylor. Uh, <laughs> so it's no, the I don't only know. good uh, news we have. <laughs> It's the one, uh, yeah, just a, what a weird, like, flurry, and then, uh, just like, yeah, just very weird. Uh, we'll talk about it, but we got, uh, we got a, a sort of a lot to recap of the last, <laughs> I would say two weeks, but it's really like four days, four days yeah. or three days. And it's going to yeah. be really funny because we've got a, a like, um, in- savor this, Eric. This could be the last podcast where we have much to talk about uh, for a while. I think. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I was tr- I was thinking about this this morning when, as I was making the notes. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, the right after the MLB was locked out. But um, I think I have an idea for like one more podcast of like substantive news and then sub or stuff, and then after that, it's like, oh, we're, we're going to be stretching it, folks. It's, it's struggle town. Yeah. So all right, good stuff. So we'll we'll be recapping that flourish of news. We've got Dodgers rewind. We've got questions from Craig after this. So we'll start uh, kind of with the most recent event, I guess. There's no more baseball. Yeah, the most the most recent. Uh, we're shutting it down. It's over. Uh, we're we're now the WTF podcast, and uh, Rob Manfred uh, uh, had his inner Mark Marin and yelled, "Lock the gates!" And then uh, yeah, so. So it's 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 like a it's technically a lockout. I I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's a literal lockout. Like you might go to Dodger Stadium, and I mean, I'm sure things are like closed off. Although there is like a holiday uh, winter wonderland going on at Dodger Stadium right now that fans can go to. But in terms of players, like everything's just shut down. Like you know. Uh, there's a whole lot of nothing. Um, yeah, so just, this, this... just some to kind of really stress this. Um, the online presence of ma- Major League Baseball is really wacky. Yeah, like uh, so. Just as a background, so collective bargaining agreement uh, for the that's been in place the last five years. Uh, it expired on December first at uh, eight fifty nine p.m. or eleven fifty nine Eastern time, so basically midnight. And then right after it. Um, Major League Baseball, the owner side, uh, implemented a lockout because the the negotiations they had, uh, you know, most recently, and then they actually met in Dallas, I believe, the last two or three days to sort of go back and forth on stuff, and they're they're pretty far apart on sort of what they want to do going forward, so couldn't come to an agreement. So MLB said, you know, we're going to lock them out. Um, this was Rob Man Rob Manfred issued a. Uh, war and peace length uh statement uh uh right after the lockout was implemented uh so just one of the quotes uh kind of summed it up uh this defensive lockout was necessary because the players association's vision for major league baseball would threaten the ability of most teams to be competitive which i mean just let's just say yeah let's just just let that sit for a second and like i don't know it's weird but Players Association had a much shorter statement. Uh, pretty simple. They got to the point right away. Uh, it is not required by law or any for any other reason to lock out. Um, it was the owner's choice, plain and simple. Um, 
So there's a lot of sniping going on. Rob Manfred had a press conference this morning. Most of the same kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into more of that super fun labor talk probably in future episodes. But just for, for now, um, everything shut down. There's no uh, transactions uh, involving players on like 40-man rosters. No trades. Uh, no contact between like players and teams. Uh, teams can't... Uh, I, Basically, teams aren't even like allowed to comment on players like officially, um, so it's just like they don't exist. And then if you look at uh, like you you mentioned uh, MLB.com, uh, they basically scrapped every story that ha- involved like a player. Like literally yesterday, there were there were probably over like ten press conferences that were uh, signing players, including and we'll get to a few of these in a second. But Max Scherzer and uh, Corey Seager. Oh, was that and, at Dodger Stadium? You no, know, it was not uh, weird. Um, but it was at the, you know, Corey Seager did go to the site of his greatest postseason triumph. That's true. So, um, but, yeah, so in, earlier in the day, Mets get Scherzer, you know, like pre- press conference highlights. And then now you go there and it's like, here's what Tom Seaver said in 1943, <laughs> you know. Obviously, that's not the right year. My, but, my favorite yeah. example of this, uh, Katie Wu of The Athletic, who covers mm-hmm. uh, the Cardinals, Cardinals, pointed out that um, – the Cardinals promo schedule is still up. Oh. Uh, tickets aren't, but the promo schedule is up. So on Saturday, April 9th, my birthday, if you go to the game, you can get an adult Cardinals battery mystery jerseys uh, there, to celebrate there's, there's the also, famous catcher and pitcher. <laughs> there's also, um, I believe, um, Cardinals third baseman jersey night, yeah. I believe, is one of the things. The Angels are having, um, God, what did it say? Historic season bobblehead night, I believe, <laughs> uh, instead of Shohei Otani. So just just awesome stuff. Um, they even took down the uh, pictures of the players. Mm-hmm. So like, but it's funny because there's a few stragglers. Like um, DJ Peters was de- designated for assignment the other day. Uh, old friend alert by the Rangers. So he's off the forty man. So if you go to like, I believe it might not show up on the desktop version. It might only be on the the app version. But um, it's all like the grayed out. Um, generic faceless player head headshot and then for every player and then it says DJ Peters and it's like his real picture because he's not on the 40 man so he doesn't like he's not like subject to that so but the the issue the reasoning is MLB is claiming uh, because it's a commercial website they're not allowed to profit off the player's name image and likeness um but I, it's weird because you'd think editorially, like, they should still be able to have, like, stories. But, you know, they're just like, you know what? Screw this. We're we're getting them all out. So it's very, very odd. Um, but, like, yeah. So it just, it's just weird and kind of funny. But, yeah. Um, so about a couple of those um, stories that are no longer on MLB.com, uh, they all came to a head on, um, I guess, now I'm I'm mixing up the days. I guess I guess they became official Wednesday. Uh, Max Scherzer got a record uh, average annual salary, uh, three years, one hundred and thirty million dollars from the Mets. Uh, so uh, forty three and a third million dollars a year. Um, you know, future Hall of Fame pitcher, obviously still at the top of his game. He was third in the Cy Young balloting. Um, so yeah. Um, now, but the thing that came out of the press conference it was like 45 minutes um that was sort of dodger related 
they asked him how his arm was doing because you know he wasn't uh, he was able to pitch once in the NLCS, but his, he had his first start pushed back. He had his second start pushed back to a, a game that never happened because they lost game six uh, with uh, dead arm, arm fatigue, based on after the relief appearance in the NLDS. Um, Scherzer mentioned it then about how his arm was overcooked. He used that phrase yesterday. He was sort of asked about that. He said... Um, the way like that he was used by the Dodgers down the stretch, uh, more off days, uh, not pitching as deep into games. So the problem with, I'll just, just say it like, so that led to him, quote unquote, again, overcooking his arm. And it didn't allow him, he thought for sure he'd be able to bounce back just fine from that because he's done it before. He mentioned back with the Nationals in 2019 because he did this on the 2019 playoffs. He was used to going like 110 uh, pitches, 100, 100 to 110 pitches per start back then. So he was a little more built up. He didn't think he was as built up this year. Now, if you look at it, though, so the problem with this is he said a lot of stuff, and I'll, I'll get into this. Like, But when you're boiling it, when people are boiling it down into a single tweet, it makes it sound like he's going like the Dodgers fucked me over, right? Like, Or like. The Dodgers babied me. I was, and then I wasn't able to do it. It, for Scherzer's tone was not accusatory at all. He was literally just like walking through what he thought after the fact. He was trying to figure out like why his arm didn't bounce back, and this was sort of what he came up with. It now, it's a little bit like sketchy, right? Like for for one thing, he's comparing himself to um, a, a two years younger version of himself. Um, when he was better, he also wasn't in 2019 coming off of a pandemic shortened season. So he didn't have a huge innings jump like that. Um, he did get more, uh, starts with five days rest with the Dodgers because that's the way they were sort of using, uh, Bueller and Urias trying to, uh, get them as much like limit their innings as much as possible as they, as they could, even though they were sort of relying on all three of them. Um, so that's true. Now, he did have a couple starts. Uh, he had the hamstring start with the Dodgers that was cut short. He had the rain delay start. If you take those out, he averaged 100 pitches with the Dodgers. He was only aver- he only averaged like 94 with the Nationals. So, uh, and But, like, if you look, he didn't he, – his top pitching uh, pitch count this year was 109. But he did it both with the Dodgers and the Nationals. He, in 2019, the year he was sort of comparing it to, he went over, he went 110 or more like seven times. So yeah, obviously it's his young. It's, he was younger and better uh, and more conditioned. But that that doesn't really mean like the Dodgers like were the reason for that, right? It's just sort of how it is. But also, uh, he Scherzer like was went out of his way. Like he's like. I was fully on board of the plan. I, you know, he thought he was going to bounce back. He just didn't. It just didn't work, right? He also said um, it, during that sort of um, uh, press conference, he said, like, I also believe like, the way he was used, like, was one of the reasons why he didn't get injured. Uh, he didn't have, like, structural damage. He, he rested, like, he said 10 days to two weeks or something after the season before he sort of started throwing again. Uh, but, yeah, he was sort of relieved that he didn't hadn't, suffered like a long-term injury uh, and he sort of credited the, with the way he was used as to why. So it, this one, there was no like anim- animosity, right? Like it was just like a weird thing. And I think it got taken out of context because people see a tweet and it's parsed and doesn't tell like the full story. And now obviously I think he was 
he like trying to find a, a reason for why it didn't work. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily hold up, but like, you know, like it, it, I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, I, but it just sort of kind of made the rounds yesterday. Uh, so no, there were, <laughs> I guess there were no, um, no like inflammatory things that came out of Corey Seager's press conference because it's Corey Seager. That's not uh, true. That's not true. Yeah, he, he, oh. he he confirmed that he's been talking to Kershaw. That's inflammatory mm, enough. You that's true. <laughs> you you stop that's, that. <laughs> that's tampering. No, even though Kershaw's a free agent. No. Um, so yeah, ten ten years, three twenty five. Um, we were both under on that. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. quite a bit. Um, yeah. So Rangers uh, went kind of nuts, I believe. Hmm. What did they do? Um. So they signed Marcus Semien first. Seven one seventy five. Corey Seager for ten three twenty five. They signed John Gray for four fifty four. I think, um, and also like Cole Calhoun. I maybe on a, a. I can't remember if it was one or two years for him, but I I believe I saw a note. Um, so they're up to like five hundred and sixty something million uh, so far committed this offseason in free agency. That's the most of any team in any free agency year ever. Uh, and like, obviously it's the season's not the off season's not over. So I was surprised by that. Um, I look back, I think like the 2009, the Yankees before 2009, if you in, adjust for inflation, um, Sabathia, Mark Teixeira and AJ Burnett come close, I think are, they're basically the same, but there's also a lot of off season left. So who knows? But yeah. That, that, so they had a very busy off season trying to sort of rebound, but, uh, now you mentioned Kershaw. I don't really have it in our notes, but we'll probably talk about this in a later episode. But now, the 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 sort of premise of why would Kershaw go to the Rangers? I mean, it, it seems more like family oriented, right? In, in a way, like he wants to be closer to his kids. Completely understand. But it's also if you're playing baseball, you're traveling a lot, no matter where your home is, like. So, and it, that's a hard thing. Now, I get, now, he's a starting pitcher. He pitches every five days. And when they're at home, he's literally at home with his kids. So, that I get. But the uh, the other thing was, why would he go to the Rangers? Because they're a terrible team, right? Uh, they still are, they're, they're obviously much better with, with I mean, they, they go from like a, I, I believe it was, it was characterized, you know, either, very bottom of the barrel middle infield to either the first the first or second best middle infield in baseball now. Um, so, but there's a lot of work to be done to, for them to be good. Obviously, Kershaw would help if he goes there. But it just seems less far-fetched from that standpoint than it did, you know, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. So that's, you know, worrisome. I, now, my sort of beef with, with uh, from the Dodgers' standpoint is – were they to let Kershaw walk or at least like facilitate it in a way like they um, made it so it was a place where he didn't want to come back to or didn't show much interest in re-signing him or something, that I'd have a problem with. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's the case. They've made it very clear they want him to like stay here. They uh, they they view him as a franchise icon, and they've told him as such. And I believe it's just a matter of him sort of figuring out what he wants to do. So the fact is, 
we've gone what a month into the off season. There's obviously going to be a shutdown for a while, but that he didn't resign yet. It's it obviously lends credibility to the fact that he might not <laughs> resign with the mm-hmm. Dodgers. But I don't think it's it, it would. I think at this point, it's basically it's just Kershaw's choice, and they've respected that as such. They didn't give him the qualifying offer to sort of force a decision. Although you know who knows, but yeah. So it's just every second that he's not signed is is more worrisome because you know we'll see but like i don't think it's as bad as like a potential exit might have been if that's the case but again who knows but that's just where we're at with him uh so after all that so those were like the first two like big names to sign there were others like javier baez signed with um detroit i'm trying to think of uh oh like pitcher signed uh Kevin Gaussman, um, uh, let's see, who am I missing? Oh, Robbie Ray signed. They got like five-year deals. Marcus Stroman signed. Uh, but yeah, so like, um, so the Dodgers were like, man, so they're two most like expensive, at least uh, free agents signed elsewhere. And then it's like, okay, what are they, they going to do? It made it more of an imperative to sort of, uh, try to bring back Chris Taylor, and they did that. Um, he signed. Uh, the deal became official Wednesday night. I looked uh, the time that time the email came in from the Dodgers that made it official uh, when the Dodgers announced it. I guess eighty eight minutes before the CBA expired. So uh, he got four years, sixty million. Uh, there's a club option for two thousand twenty six for twelve million with a four million dollar buyout. Uh, we had a writers roundtable at True Blue LA where we sort of all guessed what the contract would be uh our average was right around four million four years 60 million same with like most of the national baseball writers like the sort of composite stuff i had there um uh they were the average there was also like basically at four years so it's sort of funny that how that kind of worked out um the other sort of uh deal so Corey canable also signed uh, yesterday he went to the Phillies for one year, $10 million. So I was looking, uh, last episode, uh, only two weeks ago, uh, we guessed contracts and homes for the like the top eight Dodgers free agents. Uh, four of them have signed, the four we've sort of uh, mentioned here. I was looking for Scherzer, Seeger, and Knable. I don't think either of us won because neither of us got the team right. And we were so far off on the money, like that it just not like we both had multi-year deals for Knable. Uh and so I think there's no winner there. Now I had four years, sixty-two million for Taylor. With we both said the Dodgers, so I, I'm counting that as a win for me. Absolutely. Uh, you had five years, eighty million. Now if if the option gets exercised, he's at five sixty-eight, and then there's like some escalators, like if he does uh, some stuff, so. Uh, it's close enough. Like you were close in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. You were closer for sure. Yeah. So like that was good. Now you did win the other bet. Um, yes. Uh, we both picked a free agent to sign before the expiration. Now my logic, I said, Freddie Freeman thinking like the Kershaw of Atlanta, if it, if you will, um, like for, for sure, he's going to resign there. He didn't, he hasn't signed yet. Um, but also we were, I think we were both thinking like, you know, maybe there'll be some moves, <laughs> but like there was a flurry yeah. of moves. And so like the, we could have picked a lot of people and been right. 
But you, you said Kevin Gaussman, and he did get a five-year deal from Toronto. You said the Giants, but because of because you said Gaussman, obviously you get that. Um, the other sort of ancillary stuff, the Dodgers did sign Daniel Hudson. So obviously because of the timing, it's like, oh, well, he's taking Knable's role. It's like, I guess. But we all know this on the, on the bullpen. It's just get as many quality yep. arms as you can. <laughs> Print your lottery tickets. Hope you hit. Yeah. Now, he did have a career-high strikeout rate last year, and it was like, I think, what was it? I think 10th among relievers in Major League Baseball. So he was very effective. Uh, he was with the Dodgers in 2018, so he's also 35. Um, but, yeah, should be decent. One year, $7 million, not, not a Obviously not a huge payout. Now, the corresponding moves there, um, non-tender deadline, which was moved up to be sort of completed before the CBA. Uh it was Tuesday. Andrew Vasquez was non-tendered. That made room for Hudson. And then when the so when the Dodgers signed Taylor on Wednesday, they designated for assignment Sheldon Noisy, uh, the infielder. Uh, I was looking. He actually played. Uh, he started all four infield positions and left field and right field for AAA Oklahoma City. Seventeen games at shortstop. Uh, I did not realize he played there that often. But. Um, Usually, when a guy is designated for assignment, a team has seven days to sort of figure out what to do with him. Usually, he's placed on waivers, and if he's not claimed, then he's either uh, you know traded or out sent outright to the minors uh, or just straight released. But because uh, there is a freeze, he's like in DFA limbo uh, potentially <laughs> forever. Uh, so he, uh, he's he's in the phantom zone, like uh, thing where he's in the mystery zone. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, he, he's just like sitting there. Yeah, just basically in the in the void right now. That's where he is. So, uh, but so back to the I guess the the lone piece of positive Dodgers news of all that. I guess and let you, Daniel Hudson's fine. Like, but uh, Chris Taylor, obviously the headliner here. Um, in his five plus years with the Dodgers, yep. Chris Taylor uh, has seventy nine home runs and fifty stolen bases on the dot. Uh, he's one of 22 players in franchise history with at least 50 home runs and 50 steals. Uh, of that group, uh, how many of those, uh, how many of the 100 homer, 100 steal Dodgers can you name? I will attempt to do that. I, I, I kind of want to guess the number, too. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I was going to say that they could be part of it right, if cool. you want to guess the total. I will do that after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. How many of the Dodgers do have hit 100 home runs and stolen 100 bases, at least, <laughs> on the dot? Uh, can I name? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, this is only exactly 100 things they <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, so first I'll guess the number of how many players. So tw- you said 22 did 50-50. Yes. It's, is it like seven? Uh, it's six. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, I'm counting that. Yeah. Unofficial. Yeah. 
No, it's it's Six. exactly. I, okay, I, I, you're you're well within the range. I definitely started writing names down, thinking you wanted me to answer as many of the twenty two as I could. And oh I was like, man! Oh my. So, so and that and that's right at that threshold where like even players I don't consider fast might have gotten if they had played enough years with Dodgers might have gotten yeah. fifty. Hundred is a different story. So, okay, and and therefore six makes way more sense. Um, yep. Raul. Um, I'm looking. So he is one. Uh, 163 homers, 140 steals. Matt in, Camp. In oh, go ahead. Six plus years. Sorry. Yep. Uh, so Matt Camp is was the inspiration for what my original uh question was going to be. I was going to ask what's the min uh what's the highest minimum number of both uh for these, which is a weird. I couldn't figure out a right way to ask, answer <laughs> ask it, so I didn't ask. But so he has 203 uh, homers and 170 steals. Wow. So in this case, 170 would be the minimum. Like mm-hmm. he has, you know, that much of at least both. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, uh, he, he is. He has the most uh, home runs of the 100-100 group. Uh, Jackie. Mm-hmm. So he has 137 homers, 197 steals. Oh boy! Now we get into the <laughs> now we get into the can I do this um, weeds? Um, hundred stolen bases—that's a lot. Um, Duke Snyder. So this is funny. Um, so he he's the all-time home run leader yep. in the in the franchise history, three hundred eighty-nine. He has 99 steals. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so I'm really, I'm going to like go back, watch every game, find like right. some defensive yeah, inter- a, difference yeah. call and go, no, <laughs> stolen base. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's, let's assume there's a world where his games are all available uh, on to watch on video. They're not on the MLB.com slash <laughs> yeah. video page right now because they're, they're not there. So. Yeah. Oh, actually, he might. He is. Yeah, but he probably you know, is. The former players are yeah. fair game. Uh, but the the search there is just like it's yeah, barren yeah. right now. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and that would have made my seven guess correct too. Obviously, man. man so this there's, is just there, the case. Well, I will tell you, there's another one uh, that's also very close okay. that, that could have made the list but didn't. I mean, now I really am in the weeds where I'm like, I don't know how many. It's mostly about stolen bases um, that I can do. So I'll just, I'm going to, when I get, so that's my first strike. I get two more. And then if I get two more wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out. Um, Gil Hodges. Uh, didn't, he only had 63 steals. Okay. Now, now I, I'll give you a hint and just say, I, I would advise you Yep. to um, think of, like players who played a long time. Well, in that you know, and Ka- yeah. I, I agree. And Hodges was <laughs> in that list of no, again, okay, sure. not a guy I, I knew. I know to not be fast, but like maybe maybe long enough to work. Right. Right. Um. Now you're tripping me up. Uh. Nope. I'm throwing one more name out, and then uh. Okay. How, here, I'll, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Is there a Davis on the list? Yes. Uh, now, so Tommy didn't make it. I, he, I was going to guess Willie Davis. He's in the Tommy is in the Chris Taylor zone. Uh, Eighty six home runs, sixty five steals. Okay. Um, 
and played roughly the same uh, amount of about one more season's worth of games. But uh, yeah, Willie Davis is is your man here. Um, Three hundred and thirty five steals, one hundred and fifty four home runs. Cool. He played fourteen years with the Dodgers, so it makes sense. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I, just to clear, before you clarified for me, I did, I did. That yep. would have been my tiebreaker. He, uh, I will tell you this: of the, well, I have two left. Uh, right? Of of both the yes, of both the fifty fifty group and the hundred hundred group, uh, Willie Davis is one of two players with a hundred triples with the Dodgers too. Um. Man, that just trips me. I'm trying to think of people yeah. I think of prototypical triple hit. Uh, uh, okay, my last guess. His, his, my last guess. Was the three last guess yep. regardless, Zach Wheat. See, I'm, see, that's why I gave you that yeah. other hint. Because <laughs> he, 131 homers, 203 steals, and 171 triples. Also 464 doubles, obviously. What a, what a cool triple triple, huh? Yeah. Uh, man, so I'm only missing one name, and I'm going to tap out at that. I'm happy. I'm happy with my list. You're not going to you, you just one more guess. Just guess anyone. Uh, Davy Lopes. So I'm glad you said that. He's not the right answer, but he is the the other end okay. of the near miss club. 418 steals, 99 home runs. <laughs> I'm going to go back. There's going to be some weird like Bellinger's home run uh, yep. or. The Dodgers' right. famous and, and center fielder slash first base. Are we allowed to keep using him? Uh, um, so, uh, Pee Wee Reese is the other one. I, I was like, uh, how many home runs did he have? 126. Okay. He, his, uh, I, I, I don't have it in front of me. I believe 122 were at shortstop. The only person with more home runs as shortstop than Corey Seager as a Dodger. So, uh, 232 steals for Pee Wee. It's I and yeah I wasn't I was sure he had the stolen bases I just like known known he had you know sort of a, uh, a not not a, not known as a power hitter but I also knew that he was around so long so he was he was on he was on the cusp but I'm mm-hmm. happy I stopped when I did I got you, I got did, more names really than I thought well. I would. <laughs> he did really well on that um, cool you got a Dodgers rewind for us. I do, and I'm also glad I didn't ask the original trivia question because a I couldn't figure out a way to ask it, and then also wasn't a, as interesting. So and yeah, I, um, I I think I would have guessed Kemp first, too. Yeah, I think I would have no, been right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get into this week's Dodgers Rewind, uh, I uh, I was going to do it on a certain player, uh, Don Demeter, uh, a former outfielder. Um, he died on Monday at age 86. Uh, we we did him as a Dodgers Rewind uh, back in August 2020. I will link to that episode in the show notes. It's episode 2022 if anyone is listening and want to go back themselves. But yeah, uh, that was him. So uh, a former teammate of Don Demeter is this week's Dodgers Rewind, which we have who we have not done yet. Um, John Roseboro. Um, he was a catcher. Uh, he's, he is also on the 50, 50 list, uh, 92 home runs and 59 stolen bases. Uh, uh, other catchers, I was looking at this on this list are, um, uh, Russell Martin and I believe that's it though. Those are the two catch or yeah, those are the two catchers on the list. So, uh, power and speed, obviously, you know, not, not a ton of speed, but like, um, so he signed with the Dodgers in 1952. Uh, he hit 25 home runs that looked like his best minor league season in AAA in Montreal in 1956. The next year he was up in Brooklyn. He was Roy Campanella's backup. 
Uh, he didn't play too much that year. That was the last year in Brooklyn. Now, obviously, before the Dodgers uh, played a game in Los Angeles, Roy Campanella got in the car accident and was paralyzed. So his his career was over. Uh, Johnny Rosebar became the regular catcher, and he was like the Dodgers' like starting catcher for the first ten years in Los Angeles. And uh, they they played in uh, four World Series, and so like you know he's sort of became a household name by being adjacent to those guys, but also he was he was an excellent player in his own right. Um, he started 1,120 games at catcher with the Dodgers. He played in 1,218 games as catcher. Both of those are second in franchise history to Mike Sosha. Uh, Sosha had 1,278 starts and 1,394 games, so a little more than a season uh, more than Roseboro, but both. Uh, excellent, excellent catchers for years. Uh, Rosebar was an all-star in four different years. Now, he played in six all-star games because there was a period where uh, Major League Baseball had uh, two all-star games in, uh, per year. I believe it was, what, 59 to 62. Uh, that was to raise extra money for the Players' Pension Fund. This was before the union uh, came into play. Um, so, Roseboro played in two all-star games in both 1961 and 1962. Uh, he was a gold glover in 1961 and 66. Now, uh, Rosebar is most known for uh, Juan Marichal hitting him over the head with a bat in 1965. There was like a back and forth uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, Marichal knocked down Maury Wills uh, early in the game. Um, Koufax uh, famously like didn't really throw it batters, but he, he threw a ball like well over the head of Willie Mays. And then Marichal responded uh, by throwing a ball near Ron Fairley. I don't know if he hit him. I didn't look at the box score. This is from uh, Marichal's, um, or from uh, Roseboro's Sabre bio, written by uh, Warren Corbett. Um, I'll take care of it, Roseboro told teammates. When Marichal came to bat, Roseboro, throwing the ball back to Koufax, buzzed it within inches of Marichal's face. Uh, Marichal insisted it clipped his ear. They barked at each other. Marichal said Roseboro, uh, Roseboro made a crude remark about his mother. Roseboro began to r- rise up out of his crouch, and Marichal swung his bat and hit him in the side of the head three times. Um, so <laughs> one of the uglier, like, baseball, like, brawls, like, in in history, really. Uh, Marichal only got suspended for eight games, the same as the initial <laughs> suspension for Joe Kelly, which is just weird <laughs> in context. Um, I was, I think, uh, it looked like Roseboro, uh, sued, uh, Marichal out of this. They settled out of court for like a substantially lower amount, but yeah, like this was like a big, obviously a serious thing at the time. Um, but yeah, so Marichal is much more than that, obviously. Uh, so he hit, uh, in his years with the Dodgers, 251, 327, 382. Now it doesn't sound like a ton, but it's also in the 1960s, um, like a bad offensive environment. Also, at most of his games at Dodger Stadium, which was a uh, pitcher-friendly, one of the more pitcher-friendly environments like in Major League history. So with all that, his OPS plus uh, with the Dodgers was 97, so nearly league average from catcher. Uh, you know, and obviously just a, an excellent catcher, very like well-loved. This was the quote from his 1967 yearbook about his hitting. Uh, he gave up batting practice um, after the 1965 season. This is what he said uh, that's in the yearbook. I used to hit, hit, hit in the batting cage. I'd let my, I'd get my timing just right. Then I'd get into a game and nothing was right. After the practice lollipops, game pitches look like aspirin tablets. So 
uh, after that year in 1965, when he was uh, not doing well, um, he had 113 OPS plus and then 116 OPS plus in his next two years. Now, after those two years, uh, the Dodgers traded him right around Thanksgiving of 67. It was a big trade. They sent Roseboro and then Ron Paranoski was a longtime Dodgers reliever, also a, a previous Dodgers rewind who uh, passed away about a year ago. Um, and longtime pitching coach as well. Uh, and then also pitcher Bob Miller to the Twins for pitcher Mudcat Grant and uh, shortstop Zolio Versailles, who was just the MVP like um, two seasons prior. Uh, Versailles was not good at all with the Dodgers. He kind of fell off a cliff um, pretty much after his MVP season too. But then Grant was okay, mostly in relief. Then he moved on. Now, Roseboro died in 2002. Um, I was looking... Uh, so, Rosemary played in four World Series with the Dodgers. He started all 21 games in those four World Series, 59, 63, 65, 66. He played every single inning except one. He was pinch hit four in the eighth inning of 1959, game five. It was a one nothing game. Dodgers were down. They had the bases loaded. Um, and he was pinch hit four for Carl Ferrillo. Uh, they didn't score, so they and then they ended up winning the series in game six. But my, my trivia question for you regarding John Roseboro, mm-hmm. his 21 World Series starts are the second most in Dodgers history. Three others have at least 10 World Series starts behind the plate. Can you name them? Can't be. So he's number one, uh, 32 starts. Uh, Yasmani Grandal? Uh, no. How many did he's, he? Like, yeah, do you want to know how many games he started? Yeah. Uh, I, I won't tell you. Okay. Yet, yet, yet. Okay, um, Sosha. Sosha uh, started five games, all or not all in nineteen eighty eight, but because uh, he was hurt. But five, five total games. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you now. Uh, Yasmani Grandal started one game at catcher. So Barnes then. Barnes is fourth with yep. fifteen. He started 15 of the Dodgers 18 World Series games this in this round. Uh, man, I I am I've I bricked 2017, I think. I just like had like I cuz I you know, I read the question mm-hmm. while you're doing the rewind and was trying to remember and uh I apparently have uh, rose-colored that year a little bit. We won, right? The Dodgers won in 2017. Pretty sure. Okay. I have to look uh, I haven't don't quote me on that. Okay, and I'm tapping out on the last day. Um Steve Yeager, 20 starts, uh, 74, 77, 78, 81. He was um, one of the three MVPs in in, uh, 81. Um, So there it is. Yeah, thank you. Definitely, uh, Yeager, definitely, I think, uh, that era, that sort of, uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's tough. He he was like, um, sometimes was the primary catcher but then like joe ferguson one was the but he was always like around yeah yeah, like, yeah. But no then, and yeah, i was so. gonna say is that era i think uh, that sort of you know, it's sort of infieldy era i think is i've i've been to bad one yes. especially now that we have this lockout labor shortage um stoppage excuse me uh going on i may need to do like a uh the dodgers rewind but like actually well known like super famous <laughs> players for people like me who came into their Dodgers fandom, you know, uh, a little later or are more familiar with the modern teams and uh, uh, highlight um, some I, of the older ones. I'll do my I own rewind. I forgot to mention one thing with um, Roseboro. Yeah. There was, I can't remember what video it was on. May have been like the Dodgers 100th anniversary 
video that was like 1990-ish. Uh, but there was the, um, it was Roseboro, like, and this was before, like, there were a lot of, like, the Sports Century and other sports documentaries. So, you know, you get the thing where it was Roseboro speaking in front of, a, you know, wherever, and then, like, it's a, it's basically a documentary. But um, it was about Koufax's perfect game, and he's like, yeah, I, I'm just not feeling it on my curveball. And, and, and Roseboro's telling the story, he goes, well, Sandy, what do you think we got to do? Uh. Uh, Sandy said, "What do you think we ought to do?" And Roseboro says, "Let's just go with the heat, babe." <laughs> and uh, so I that I can he, I can see and hear Roseboro uh, saying that uh, in my head, and it, it it cracks me up every single time. Well, one for two on feeling good about myself on trivia questions, but it's time to turn the tables with the help of a oh friend because it's time for questions Greg. We love them. Five. Questions we from love it. Our friend Craig Manami, and they always start off with trivia questions for Eric. Today is no different, uh, and it's about Adrian Beltre, whose career is one that Corey Siegel will try to replicate, at least in counting stats and achievements. Had the same thought as Craig going to this. I'm like, when it was announced that Seager was going to the Rangers, is uh, oh good, another uh, potential Hall of Fame third baseman that might go in as a Ranger instead of a Dodger. That's a bummer. Hmm. Uh, well, obviously, a few things have to happen for that to occur, but. In May 2014, Beltre became the fifth player to hit 100 or more home runs for three different franchises. Can Eric name the other four players and bonus points if you can name the teams they played for when they hit those home runs? Oh, boy. Uh, um, so, um, four other players. Holy crap. Um, so, Gary Sheffield is was one of the thoughts that came to my head it's an incorrect thought well you're a liar um so uh wow really um okay um in that case oh boy um two of these players near the top of you know home run career lists Uh uh-huh um how far near? Um, so, well, here's the thing. So, like, you know, Bonds played for two. Aaron played for two. Mays played yeah. for two. Uh, uh, Ruth played for three, but he didn't play enough with the Braves uh, at the end. Um, so, obviously, I could just keep going. Uh, oh, so A-Rod. I think one of these names yeah. is really easy to get if you think about it. Um, a- yeah. A-Rod being it. Um, Mariners, Rangers, Yankees. Um, so, and then I'm thinking, so Sammy Sosa didn't play enough. Uh, then, okay. So now you have, um, uh, so, wow. So Jim Tomei. Correct. Uh, which, re- which surprised uh, me. Um, cause he uh, only so played. Obviously, th- obviously Dodgers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously Cleveland. Singles. Can you yeah, get the other so, two teams? Obviously, yeah, Cleveland, Phillies, and White Sox. Yep, um, uh, you know, three and a, three and some and some change with both Philly and the White Sox. Yeah. Still enough <laughs> for for Big Jim. So, so two more. That, um, the I was thinking about this, and I know like Eddie Murray got to five hundred home runs. He didn't. The, his problem was not problem. He only played with the Dodgers three years, and I think he was with the Mets three years and the Indians like three years. So 
I don't think he got to hundred at any of those. So like mm-hmm. uh, he, he was like an immediate like nope. Um, but let me think here. Um, oh boy. Um, I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna give you just a very small hint. The career home yeah. run numbers of the two remaining players are four fourteen, and checking real quick, five sixty three. Oh. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, A's, Yankees, Angels for Reggie. Yep, that's five sixty three. Um, four fourteen is the other one. Correct. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. This is riveting. Um, <laughs> so I. Hmm. You can ask it me. Abe Kingman. It is not. I'm gonna give you one more chance, and feel free to ask for a hint. Um. All right. Hold on. Um. I have the I I have the hint I want to give you. Okay. I'm gonna give you the three teams. Atlanta, San Francisco, Detroit. Uh, Daryl Evans. There you go. Nice. According to baseball reference, Beltre is second with 2,759 games played at third base. Brooks Robinson is the leader with 2,870. Only one other player with 2,000 games played at third base played in the 2000s. Can Eric name this hot corner all-timer? I like, you know, I got it right. Uh, so pressure's on, Eric. <laughs> sure. Um, is it Chipper Jones? It is not. Is it Larry Wayne Jones? Um, uh, let's see. Wow. 2,000 games at third. Um, do, 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 do. Um, wait, is it... Hmm. Is it Scott Rowland? It is indeed. Nice. I'm gonna I'm I'm look up Chipper Jones for you to see where uh, where that didn't work out. But in the meantime, if he's like a, if he's like at 1999, yeah, we're so both gonna. <laughs> he's the Duke Snyder, Davy Lopes of this. Uh, I'm gonna look back again. Yeah. Uh, Albert Pujols at 17 home runs in 2021. It was his 20th season with double-digit home runs. It also meant he broke a tie with Adrian Beltre at 19 seasons with 10 or more home runs in the Jacob era. Woo, 95 yeah, to present. That's, 20 years longer than the StatCast era, brother. <laughs> Three other players have a, have at least 18 seasons with 20 or more oh, home runs God. since 1995. Right. Can Eric name them? Wow. Um, okay, so... Oh. At least 18 since 95. Um, um, can I? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, okay, wait. Now, real okay, quick, my, my Chipper Jones, one thousand nine hundred and ninety-two games at <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, now, are can I ask? Are all the eighteen seasons since ninety-five, or is, are these just players? Uh, all seasons are from ninety-five. Okay. Because I was thinking like. You know Barry Bonds, but yeah, like yeah. He, he started before then. Okay, so wow, this makes it weird. Um, now the other thing is like because of the suspension. Wait, I'm, I'll just—is Manny one of them? 
um, it is not. Okay. The, I figured he came short because his career ended, like, I think before he probably got to an 18th season um, uh, in that time. Um, so, and it, so if it's 18 since 95, so that means their career was it through at least 2012. So it's someone, not necessarily Hall of Famer, but like someone who ended recently enough ago. Um, I will let you this, know. All three yeah. of these play. Um, nope, nope, not giving you that hint. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> well, because he used 95, I, I'm just going to ask is Derek Jeter one of them? He's not. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. Um, I'm trying to like think of like like rookies or like who who were around that time um, Jeter only hit uh 6 home runs in 2011 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and 0 in 95 what a jerk um so hmm. I don't like this at all this is <laughs> making me angry um We've talked I, about two of these names already in these series of questions. I can't remember that far back. Um, <laughs> well, I guess. Oh no! Well, you already said Beltre. Um, so, uh, so I guess Jim Tomey then. Uh, nope. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, A Rod. A Rod is one of them. Did he get exactly 18? Oh, yeah. Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so. I'll God, let you know that um, one of the players did it from 2003 to 2021, and one of them did it from 95 to 2012. Oh, okay. So the Miguel Cabrera is the first yep. one. Yep. And then <laughs> 95 to 2012. Um, I have one more. I have oh, a hint for this if you uh, want it. Um. Let me just think for a second. 95 to 2012. Uh, oh, um, nope, nope. He... My hint for you oh, is yeah, I, this I player played 1,992 games at third base. <laughs> Chipper. <laughs> there okay, you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, that, that one was a, that was a, I went to the grinder on that one. <laughs> Um, my hint was going to be all of these players are will be in the Hall of Fame, but the whole you know steroid thing, A Rod. Sure. I was like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the final question for you: Adrian Beltre is one of the five players with more than three thousand hits and less than forty triples. That's a great question. Uh, yeah. One of those players, Albert Pujols, with sixteen career triples, has the yeah. fewest of any player with more than three thousand hits. All of these players played. In the Jacob era, the best era. Let's hear Eric name the other three. And to hmm. clarify, played um, not necessarily entirely in the Jacob sure. era, just at least once. Um, so that would require me to remember the three thousand hit club. Um, no, uh, I believe now. I don't wait. Did I don't. I don't think Miguel Cabrera got it, but I'm just going to guess Miguel Cabrera. Nope. He, I think he's just shorter. Yeah. Of it. But, um, okay. Uh, so, wow, this is bad because I, I, I'm having a, a hard, oh, um, and Ichiro is fast. Uh, uh, 
This is terrible. Um, do, 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 um, 3,000 hits. Why can't... Oh, um, Cal Ripken? Nope. Um, huh. Oh. No, he was fast, but... How about Derek Jeter? Nope. Hmm. Kyle Ripken, hmm. uh, looking this up now, uh, had 44 triples. Come on. All right. Um, <laughs> now, now, how many so, of those were actually doubles? And you know, That's right. Uh, they were doubles uh, while playing at third <laughs> uh, somehow. Um, now, okay, I, I am, I, I have, for some reason, I can't think of 3,000 hit people that are recent. Um, so I am tapping out. A Rod. Uh, I forgot he got three dozen hits, but you're right. All right. Uh, Rafael Palmero. Yeah, of course. And you should have wagged your finger at me. I would have got that hit. And the, uh, Eddie Murray. All right. <laughs> I, I know that's like, that's why like, I want. I went out of my way to stress. Not necessarily. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> you do not think like of a, him like as a Jacob. Three seconds player. in the Jacob era. <laughs> Three he, seasons. He put a, three he, seasons. He put, he put a toe in the water in the Jacob era. <laughs> uh, that's good. Those were the, I. Oh, good questions. Yeah. Good questions. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Was very good. I watched the Get yeah. Back documentary over the weekend, and it did make you feel like you had a seat in the studio watching the Beatles create music. My question to you both: Is there a musical artist, or maybe even a writer's room, where you would have liked to been um, there when they created the album or wrote a show? I am just going to uh, play in the Craig's hand and assume he's asking, he threw in the show bit so I could say uh, the Simpsons writer room and the classic era, sort of Conan O'Brien era. And that's, yeah. despite my love of music and all of that, I I, well, you, I get the impression. The monorail episode right, has enough. Or, uh, no, no. What about the um, the Troy McClure? Uh, what, so you, you could have the Planet of the Apes musical. Yeah. Like, so yeah. That, qual- that, that had a and there's, there's a... Um, uh, an article on on Vox. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll look it up on on literally the writing of the Planet of the Apes musical. <laughs> um, just I the the moment they came up with chimpanzee to chimpanzee, like that would have been amazing to see. No, uh, so funny vulture, story about Get me. Back. Um, uh, also, that's under the Vox Media umbrella. Just uh, as a as an aside. Um, so um, uh, Get Back. Uh, I got a thing from AT&T, which is my phone, cell phone carrier, uh, saying, hey, we have a deal for HBO Max. It's like five bucks a month. I was like, you know what? I can I can swing that. I keep saying I'm going to uh, ditch cable for the offseason uh, until baseball season starts again, and I haven't done it yet. I probably will this week, but I keep saying it, and I haven't done it yet. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to do HBO Max, and then I'm like, Oh, that's good. I wanted to watch Get Back, and I because I thought it was on HBO Max, <laughs> and I went on. I'm like, why can't I find it? And then I like, oh, it's Disney Plus. So which I don't have yet, but I, I had it before. I wasn't watching it enough. That's you were Disney so Plus is, has every Simpsons episode, and you can yeah, watch I, unless you're in Hong Kong, apparently. But yeah, no, I watch. But I, well, the thing is, I'm not in, like I have a lot of friends who are like into Marvel, and like I don't like almost. I just. Don't have much of an interest in any of that. You just don't like fun. I get it. It's it's good. I I did like I watched all of Wandavision when I did have Disney Plus. That was good. Um, But uh, that said, I saw a clip of um, 
Paul McCartney like creating uh, Get Back mm-hmm. like um, out of thin air. Uh, wait, is the is the documentary called Get Back? Yes. Or is it? It is called Get Back. Okay, but so um, and one of the it was in a tweet that I saw. It was like a two minute clip, and it's an amazing clip. But uh, the the answer to Craig's question is I think it would have been you two. Um, I would have probably picked the Joshua tree, but someone replied to this. It's kind of like this, and it was um, you two like sort of figuring out one, and uh, it it was really they were just like kind of jamming, and uh, uh, there was like a chord progression or something, and they're like, let's save that for something, and then then they were just they and then there's like this it's like a 10 minute video or something and it, it, i watched it and i was like oh my god this is, this is amazing so that that would have been i think my answer to this mm-hmm. um and then the obligatory um weird owl making in 3d um <laughs> but uh, yeah but no, i think like, i think i go to the writer's room just because like while i understand writer's room to be very high stress i also know that like so many of my favorite albums i know the situation uh, in the studio was was beyond tense and fraught with anxiety and that doesn't sound fun so but i I also it would be cool like just to see the i the the throwing the ideas back and forth like that aspect of it you know yeah no like how do they get get to it it's like like how the sausage was made kind of a thing Uh, maybe and i don't i don't want to (laughs) know just today Um, oh sorry you ready oh so i just want to note uh we recorded later than usual this week because of the, the CBA expiration. And I, I uh, cut out one of the questions from Craig because it was like, uh, it was asking for the contest, uh, pick a, like who, how much, like what the dollar amount is of the Dodgers, like signings before the lockout. And I believe we both said 67 million. So we'll just count that as a win for both of us. Um, but yeah, so we, we cut that question out because it's obviously passed since then. So. Just today, on November 30th, 2021, which a few days earlier when Craig sent these questions, this list of 100 books about baseball was published on Esquire. I did a quick look, and I have read several over the years. I believe I have mentioned in the past how important reading about baseball was in my forming my lifelong interest in the game. I have two different questions. For Eric, as someone who has written thousands of words about baseball, do you ever think about uh, what you can do to help create a lifelong passion for this sport? Puns, clearly. And for Jacob, by the time you started following the game, it was uh, about to move onto the internet in terms of blogs like Dodger Thoughts and away from newspapers and magazine stories. How do you think that impacted your interest, if any, in baseball? Um, I think I'll I'll go first while you think about your your, uh, (laughs) uh, retrospective and introspective, excuse me, um, question. Um, I definitely think, as is evident whenever we do trivia, that uh, the history of the game, I think, uh, the history, the sort of nuanced history of the game. Like, I know the big points, but a lot of the sort of the more nitty-gritty stuff definitely gets lost because it's so much easier for the internet to focus either on those bigger story points or uh, more obviously what's kind of going on in the the current game. But it made me also more hyper-aware of of what's going on in today's game in terms of statistics and, and stuff like that. Um, that said, and I mentioned this earlier that I, especially if we have a lot of um, 
dead time in this podcast where there just can't be news to really talk about or spring training to talk about or real games to talk about. I may, and I may, maybe I use this list as a, a source, but sort of single in on, on Dodger related books and kind of like try to catch up on a little bit of my gaps and maybe present some of that to our listeners who are in a similar camp to me. Yeah, I definitely have some books uh, that are sitting here unread that I want to read over the offseason. That would have been the case whether there was a baseball lockout or not, but definitely now maybe there's more time to do that. Uh, As for my own writing, um, I don't know if I think about it in terms of creating a lifelong passion except to say I I think I've gotten better at this over the years. I I hope I have, but... um, I think I've been more cognizant of it. I try to think of interesting things to write about. I am also um, sort of fall victim of my own creation in a way of trying to be like completist in a way and write about everything. So in the season, sometimes I get bogged down by the, the daily aspect of it and I I don't give myself the time to write longer, more interesting things, um, but I try to make time for that. Um, like I, I like finding out about stuff that there's always stuff you don't know. And I'm certain when I started writing, I definitely thought I knew more than I did. And I try to keep that in mind <laughs> to this day, like um, try to make it like, easier or clearer for someone who might not um, necessarily be as immersed in baseball as they are, and maybe it'll help them. Uh, when I was growing up, Sports Illustrated, I got that. It was like a uh, one of my mom's like annual like Christmas gifts. She would just buy a subscription for the year for me and both of my brothers, and we read it religiously every week, and um, it was great. And one of my favorite... Um, uh, issues of that i think it was 1987 it had like it on the cover it listed it, it, had, it was like a yearbook basically of, of baseball players and it, it had the salaries of every single major league player which at the time was just not published anywhere and i was like oh this is magical and like you know like just finding something like that out was like amazing and i sort of you know pour into it and what does it mean um and all this kind of stuff. And then, so I, I try to find that stuff. Like, so just this year, uh, one of the days, so when the Dodgers, um, they they signed Jeffrey Ramirez to a minor league contract. He was in AAA most of the year. They called him up, I think it was in August. I don't remember the exact date, um, to the majors because that was when they were sort of churning through pitchers. And he had already used his three option years. So he didn't have options. So, that happens, you know, with these guys, especially on the fringes of the roster. And then usually if, if they're done with them, they just sort of designate them for assignment. If they clear waivers, they try to send them back to AAA. Sometimes the player uh, can refuse that assignment and be a free agent. It doesn't always work. You don't always keep them, but that's sort of the, the process. Um, but the Dodgers, uh, after they, he pitched in one of the games, uh, when he was brought up, they optioned him. And I was like, how did they option him? He was out of options. And uh, it was one of the, like, overlooked things of the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, It's advanced consent. Anyone can do it, basically. Like, uh, usually, I believe, um, 
the team, if you uh, consent in advance to it, uh, the team calls him up and says, look, we want to call you up, but we're probably, we're going to, we want to send you back down to the minors uh, when we're done. Usually they have 45 days to do that, to, to send you back. So that was the case with the effort. He had, he consented to it in advance, you know, with his agent and stuff. Um, so they called him up, he pitched, and then they sent him back to the minors. And he was in AAA like the rest of the year. And now he's minor league free agent. But um, I I didn't know about that. Uh, talked to some people about that and learned about that. And that was a – I thought that was a fun – it made like a – what would have been a – rather mundane possibly boring like you know daily sort of transaction type thing made it interesting and i so i i sort of like that kind of stuff and i try to i try to find that kind of stuff uh whenever possible so that that's probably my my best avenue for that oh man now and then the food question doesn't make me hungry and this will not be the case (laughs) last week i decided to make a two-layer carrot cake with cream cheese frosting Trying to make something like this has always been my nemesis, as I am not good when it comes to frosting a layer cake. It turned out fine, but this brings me to this week's question. One, how do you feel about non-chocolate or vanilla cakes? Do you like carrot or lemon cake? And two, when making something for the first time that you are serving others, do you practice it first, or do you go ahead and just do do it and take your chances? Man, I I I don't I don't think I I don't practice. Uh. Yeah, I just I don't think I would practice first necessarily. It on depends this. on who I'm making it for. Um, yeah, so, uh, we made Thanksgiving uh, for the first time where we were not the we were the servers, not the servies, and so uh, I made rolls and Brussels sprout gratine, which both of which I had practiced mm. before with just Melissa and I. Sure. Um, but then I made pie, not just this particular pie, but pie, I made pie for the first time ever, um, and I also made. Um, Black Forest cake. Um, similar to Craig, I am not the best at frosting, but I che- I can cheat on a Black Forest cake because um, it's a whipped cream frosting. Um, really just, yeah, uh, a very light frosting. So I was able to use a piping bag and just kind of pipe it everywhere. Um, so and that helped. Do they, is, is Black Forest cake just ham with frosting on it? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. No, it's... No, uh, do you, do you, I, I was going to say, if, if if I were... I don't really bake a ton, but, like, I would I would probably practice a baking thing before doing it, you know? Like, just... Yeah, the good sure, news with like, the pie is, is if it did not turn out right, I was just not going to serve yeah. it. <laughs> just hide it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Black Forest cake, though, was just definitely a little risky because that had been promised, so... But it turned out great. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I've never made a cake or a pie for that matter. Uh, I've, yeah, I, uh, so I, it's not really something I've done. I, it's more like other food things, but, um, I'm trying to think, uh, I, I do, I, I hated carrot cake growing up. I've never really uh, had it. I feel like, I feel like I'm trying to, yeah. like, I, I'll, I'll go on record. I do not like lemon cake. I love lemon candy, but as soon as mm. like lemon and baked goods, just have never citrus and baked goods just don't really gel with me. Um, I, I love I love lemon cake, um, and I like carrot cake. So we're it's cake it up. But like in. Uh, like a ginger spice cake or something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm all for cinnamon nice. cake. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. And now I am uh, going to figure out what I'm baking today because now I am hungry. Yep. Thank you. My guess. How about a carrot lemon cake? <laughs> no, 
I wonder. I wonder. Uh, Both of them together. Carrot cake was the signature of the last episode of the the Bake Off this season. I wonder if that was what inspired Craig uh. or not. Um, so, anyways, uh, we're gonna go bake and figure out what the heck this we're gonna talk about in this podcast because uh, the, the Twitterverse in baseball has been really fun today. You know, it's yeah. it's it's kind of um, it's obviously a very sad day for baseball, but that often is a. Time, There's been good jokes. Yeah, but say yeah. that's often a time where humor can really flourish. I I mentioned at the top of the show, but a lot of jokes about. Do you get the John John Dowd jokes? You're not really a video game guy, so I don't know if you get. I, I saw one of the tweets about like a video game uh, with John Dowd. So similar to Michael but, Jordan, uh, Barry Bonds was not a member of the uh, Players Association, um, and yep. and therefore um, when the Players Association would sell the rights to the name and likeness to a video game you would have to negotiate separately with either Jordan yep. or Barry. And the MVP baseball, both 04 and 05, did not do that. So mm-hmm. instead, the best, arguably the best player in both those games was a left fielder named John Dowd. Uh, um, and, I didn't realize that was Barry Bonds. And okay. similarly, like when you're looking, like they had actual pictures of all the players, but John Dowd was just like the 3D image. And it's the most generic yeah. looking like white dude possible. Uh, That's funny. So. Okay, uh, th- that gives a little bit better context. Now, a couple years ago, I want to say, man, I think it was the Padres, or it could have been the Angels. I forget which one, but they had an animation on their on their like video board. Whenever I think it was when someone stole a base, and it really it was like the epitome of that image. Like um, <laughs> it, it was like generic, like um, round head, uh, like just or like oval head, just just the weirdest looking like generic um plain player possible and it always made me laugh every single time but yeah no that's funny yeah so i think uh we'll, we'll, next episode just thinking off the top of my head we'll probably dig a little deeper into where the dodgers roster is at right now because we're in sort of the intermission of the offseason i guess you can call it and uh we'll figure out what they need to do uh once things get back together but we do have some time, so uh, but thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will see you in a couple weeks.